low win rates, excessive discounting, challenging negotiations. Welcome to the Sales Readiness Podcast, a podcast brought to you by the Sales Readiness Group. We're an industry-leading sales training company that helps businesses develop highly effective sales organizations. This podcast is about one question, how to transform your team into big performers. If you want the answer, keep listening. If you want it faster, visit salesreadinessgroup.com slash podcast. We're really excited about selling to the C-suite. This is something that has emerged, particularly during uh, you know, the last couple of years of the pandemic, is becoming increasingly important. Ask David to comment on why. But before we do, let me just share with you just a one slide on sales readiness group, and then we'll get into the topic. As I mentioned, we love partnering with training industry. We also have partnerships with other industry-leading um, associations. And you may have seen a little video clip on our book, The High Impact Sales Manager. One of the things we focus on is really also not only training frontline sales teams, but training frontline sales managers. So if you're interested in learning more, we'll have some information at the end of the presentation. But with that, why don't we get right into our topic for today? And these are there's our four areas we're going to discuss. You know, why access key executives? Why are they important? What key executives really care about? How's that different than just selling to a mid-level executive, maybe your everyday contacts within organizations? How do you get more meetings? So, you know, actually, how do you, you know, what what is it in, that really allows you to uh, access them and gain the meetings. And once you have the meeting, how do you prepare it actually and how do you conduct the meeting? So we're getting into all these topics, but before we do it, David, I just want to kind of pull you into this discussion a little bit. We're finding that this topic has become really important in terms of why, why access C executives. Why do you think it's so important to sell higher today? Well, I mean, really starting from the pandemic, um, we've really been in a situation where economic challenges um, B2B sellers are kind of facing things they haven't seen before. And even today, when you think about it, we have this really weird situation of rising interest rates, but very low unemployment. So on the one hand, you can read in the financial press, people are talking about a recession. Are we in one now? Is it going to happen next year? But there's supply chain issues, labor shortages, um, and inflation. So people don't really know what's going on in the economy and uncertainty creates indecision. Right. And you actually have some uh, research I think we can share on that just in terms of what that indecision means when you and how that changes when you you know, engage senior executives. Yeah. I mean, this was done right kind of in the middle of the pandemic, but I, I, I don't think the trend has really changed, which is you know, C-level executives are more involved in buying decisions, right? Uh, and we saw that, you know, two or three years ago, and I think that trend is definitely continuing. Um, but while they're more involved, I mean, this is pretty intuitive, and I think you know, people who you know, who sell obviously know that when you have the C-level executive in the room your chances of winning goes up and the data definitely, you know, backs up that idea. And I think it's not only that the percentages go up, I also think that the sales cycles are much more compressed when you have a senior executive involved, you don't get involved the level of indecision uh, or prioritization that you might when you're dealing selling kind of at a mid-level range. So in addition to higher win rates, you also have a, a faster sales cycle, but yeah, really interesting. And, Go well, ahead. I was just going to add one, one idea. I mean, when, when we work with our clients, and we talk to our clients, 
we consistently hear, I want my team to sell higher, right? No one ever says, well, we don't need to do that. We're, we're fine in terms of the org chart where we're selling. Everyone wants to sell higher because they know from their own real world experience that when they sell higher, deals get done faster. Absolutely. And I think one of the things is we all want to sell higher. I often hear higher and I also hear wider in terms of mapping the organization. There's just more stakeholders involved in decisions today. Uh, but there are a certain number of challenges. It'd be really interesting just to kind of hear from our participants. We have a really nice group, what some of those challenges are. So as I think Mike mentioned in the introduction, we do want to make this interactive. So you want to just put on your chat to everyone and just share, you know, what are some of your challenges or your organization's challenges selling to the key executive? We'll try and uh, monitor that as we go. David, what do you see as some of the challenges? I mean, everyone wants to. Everyone, yeah, right. Everyone wants to. And uh, I, I'm probably going to take people's thunder, but you know, access is obviously the big one. And um, so people don't really know, hey, how do I get the meeting? But I think there's a more subtle problem, which is a lot of salespeople aren't able to differentiate between selling at the C-level versus selling to their normal decision maker. And there's a difference. I think that's right. And I think, you know, uh, Jim has a great comment here about, you know, finding, you know, what's going to get their attention. We, what senior level decision makers care about is different. Getting through to them, the issue of gatekeepers, um, often you'll get pushed down with an organization. So there's no shortage of challenges. But I think what you said is really key. And I think we, ha we have a, a slide just showing levels of alignment. I can kind of explain what, and maybe just elaborate on what you were commenting on in terms of how you connect uh, with the C uh, executive. Yeah, I, I like uh, I like the idea of how to handle nerves. And I think that really gets to the idea that selling at the C level is a fundamentally different conversation than selling to your normal uh, decision maker. Right. And Elizabeth um, just put up a wonderful idea on compelling insights. But let's talk about four levels of alignment, because I think this also uh, highlights that. So the first is a spectator. You don't even have a seat at the table. You're an outsider. You're trying to gain access. Next, you've got a seat at the table, but you're just one of many. So you're a you're a vendor. So quite often, when you're dealing with procurement or purchasing, they'll they'll refer to you as a vendor, and you might be a supplier A. Someone else might be supplier B, and someone else might be supplier C. A little better than a vendor is a preferred provider. Okay, you're one of two. You you know have been on their approved list. You generally get a fairly good amount of market share, but you're not you're you're still on the outside. And then if contrast that with where we want to take this and we sell to C executives, we want to share, you know, really achieve trusted advisor, strategic partner. In other words, we want to have a executive level conversation where we're providing insights and they're sharing priorities. So we're no longer outside kind of connected by one of these lines, but we're on the inside and hopefully our competition is now on the outside. And so that's really the benefit we're looking at. But to do that, you have to really do your research. You have to think about how you're going to plan for a call. You're going to think about how a senior level call is different than your normal call that you make on your organization. And I really do believe it starts with 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 research. So, right. And Norman, you know, everyone talks about being a trusted advisor, right? It's just a term that's thrown out, um, but it's obviously not easy to do. Most most salespeople are not going to fall into that category. I mean, for sure not, experience. because to be a trusted advisor, you really have to focus on what key executives care about. So in other words, your interests in terms of your solutions are important, 
but your your solutions are only important if they really align with their key priorities or some of the triggers. But coming back to you know why should we access them? So we want to be a strategic partner versus a vendor. Really difficult to do unless you have high level access. This the second one here is really interesting, David. On higher margin deals, what we found is that price becomes significantly less important the higher you sell within organizations. There's a much greater emphasis on value than price. So you actually protect margins. I mentioned earlier, decision-making process happens faster. Key executives can make decisions. They're typically either interested or not interested, so you don't have as many stalled opportunities. As you mentioned before, based on research, you also have higher win rates. You also will find out because of their priorities, you'll have more additional opportunities when you're selling at the middle mid-level kind of your just you know your day-to-day contacts, you typically are just responding to one priority or one need, one opportunity. As you have a seat at the table, you're going to understand what other priorities it will, in addition to helping you win that first opportunity, it will open up additional opportunities. And also as you gain access and you become you achieve that trusted advisor status, you start to insulate against competition. The company, your customer starts to rely on you. They'll see executives start to rely on you. So there's a lot of great reasons to access key executives, but I'll also say that it's really not easy to get their attention. Like, like, like every other salesperson, a lot of people are trying to get their attention. So let's transition and get to, you know, what's that messaging look like? What is it that key executives really care about? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious in our group today, you know, what are some of the titles when we, uh, that you guys sell to at the senior level? And they don't necessarily need to be C-level. Um, you know, we always think about, we use the term key executives because we, depending on the size of the company you're selling to, and you guys can just respond in chat, um, it may be at a director level. I mean, if you're working... If you're selling to like a large global company, a director level person, that is a key executive. Absolutely. I think the larger the organization or a multi-division organization, it could very well be at a director or VP level. It doesn't have to be necessarily a C-suite. So someone here put in C-level or HR, so they're trying to get head of fleet operations. So obviously, uh, we've actually done some work in that space. That's really yeah. interesting. Digital CEO VP, or the CIO. You know, so, I mean, that's a really good contrast between one and for one seller, a regional VP as a key executive. For someone else, it's a CFO or a CIO. So, you know, it's really in the eye of the beholder because not every title is equal because it's really based on the size of the organization you're selling to. Head of compliance. We often hear head of compliance. We often hear head of security when people are selling security solutions. Learning and development executives, not a surprise, just given, you know, given today's audience and our yeah, sponsorship by training executives, L&D. <laughs> uh, sales enablement for us is another really important uh, space. We deal with a lot of sales enablement executives. Yeah. Chad is putting in CEO, CFO, CIO, very common yeah, Alphabet titles. soup here. Those are really good titles. Yeah. Sales yeah. training manager. These are all really good. Yeah, I want to share, you know what, when we developed this program, it was really interesting to me, all this kind of, and this is really great input, is you know, the titles that, you know, for me are the go-to titles, CEO, CFO, COO, but there's now a whole new list of titles that didn't exist 10 years ago. You know, CSO, CRO, CMO, you know, uh, chief experience officer, CIO, CTO, uh, you know, chief security officer is like, you know, in the, in the tech space, chief information security officer. So it's even more granular. So, 
you know, every organization really has to understand like who their key executives are. And as I said before, in not every case, it's not necessarily a C-level executive. Right. And I think that, you know, that that's exactly right, because as you sell into larger organizations or could be into divisions, we have a lot of like multinational uh, clients that are quite sizable. And, you know, in those organizations, director level may be very appropriate. In some of our small to mid-sized accounts, we may be actually selling right into the C-suite. But at the end of the day, it's not just a matter of the titles. The title actually is less important than what it is that the key executives actually value. And this, this may be one of the most important slides in our presentation. So they're focused on business outcomes. So we often talk about benefits. What are the business outcomes that they're focused on? And we'll talk a little bit about how to research those. Next area is differentiation. So a lot of solutions, particularly when you're selling high-end organization, they tend to look the same. So you need to think about what makes you, first of all, what makes you a strategic advisor? So how do you differentiate yourself? How do you differentiate your company? And how do you differentiate your solution? And those are not things that you can easily do while you're in a meeting. Those are things you should think about in advance and really get your talk tone around what makes you your strategic advisor, your expertise, the value you bring, what makes your company different, and what differentiates your solution. How, you know, how their solutions impact your their organization. They want to really understand organizational impact. They also want to make sure that there's not a lot of friction, that you're easy to work with, that you've Basically, you know, you want to be able to provide some proof points that you've done similar work with others. And they're not as interested in short-term. Short-term things are typically delegated uh, lower within organization. They want to understand if you're going to be a strategic uh, advisor, and I'm reminded, David, of an engagement you and I worked on where we had a very senior, uh, I think it was a chief operating officer of a major sports franchise. And he wanted to talk about where we're going to be in five or 10 years together. So they, they can have very long-term horizons. But the benefit of that is that you can not only capture business on current opportunities, but as we mentioned earlier, there may be new opportunities that emerge that you'll discover as you gain access. Yeah. And Norman, I want to add something that if you kind of look at these five questions, these are not typical questions that a normal account executive thinks about, right? They're Mm -hmm. thinking about features. They're thinking about doing a product demo. How can I get a proposal out? Overcoming objections. These are one or two levels higher up in terms of strategic vision and thinking. And that to me is a real challenge that a lot of salespeople have, which is they're not used to thinking at the strategic level. They're used to thinking at the tactical level because generally they're selling to a a technical user. They're rarely selling to a senior, like an, an economic stakeholder or someone who may only be a ratifier. They may never even see the product, right? So they don't really care about the features. It's really interesting you mentioned that. I'm working with two different, uh, very high growth technology companies right now. And when I think about the challenges they have is that the salespeople are rushing to demo with really understanding the business outcomes. They're really not necessarily articulating what the use case is or how they're going to actually solve a business problem. They're really much more interested in getting to a demo. And by Getting to the demo, they're they're missing the opportunity to really align the value. And so it's interesting you mentioned that. They also, the other area that often shows up that we'll talk about later is uh, the the research and the call planning. So if I had to kind of look at two things that are missing when you're not a strategic advisor, it's the not necessarily doing the research and kind of and not necessarily doing the alignment of value before you actually present the solution. Right. I, I agree with that. 
So the question comes up, this is probably the biggest one we often do um, chats. We say, what are the biggest challenges? And I think we saw it today in a, in a couple of the responses, really the issue of access. How do you actually get those meetings? And access is really challenging because there are a lot of people that want access to these executives. Their inboxes are filled. It's hard to kind of get above the noise and you know the, their, their temptation to either hit delete or delegate. So Dave, you have a really interesting method that we want to go through. It's pretty, it's simple, but it's simple in terms of visual, not as simple necessarily to implement. Yeah. I mean, I want to set expectations. We do not have a magic wand to getting meetings, you know, with C-level executives. It's very hard to get meetings. And Norman, you've talked about research quite a bit. At the end of the day, C-level executives generally don't want to meet with normal salespeople because they feel like they're going to waste their time. You have to come into the meeting with something to say or some insight. And that's really where research comes into play. I had a friend who worked, he was very senior at a global investment bank. And he he told me something and it's always you know stuck with me, which is I cover like whatever number of companies. I only meet with CFOs, CEOs, and board and board members. Every meeting I prepare like it's my Super Bowl. So I don't rush into a demo. You know, I may prepare the entire weekend for one 30-minute meeting. That level of preparation is really a mindset shift for most salespeople when they're going into a meeting, one of these meetings. And for a lot of them, it's very challenging to do. You know, absolutely. So- and I am reminded of kind of, you know, with one a blog post that we published not too long ago about what skill, what is the most important skill? And I think Generally, most people feel like discovery is the most important uh, skill, and it is an important skill. But I think the one that really stands out to me is the call planning, and call planning begins with research. So what are the things that might trigger a key executive to meet with you? So what are their priorities? What differentiates you from the competition? In other words, a lot of other people may have very similar offerings. You have to be able to uncover strategic opportunities they care about. We'll talk about how to do that research. You want to connect your solution. This is what I was talking about before in terms of solution alignment with their goals. And you want to make sure you make a personal connection. At the end of the day, people buy from people. So you want to make sure that there is a personal connection, not looking to become someone's best friend. That's not likely to happen. I'm not even sure that would be a great thing to happen. But you want to make a personal connection where they see you as a strategic advisor, someone they can rely on to uh, gain industry insights and information. Yeah. So when we talk about research, okay, we know it's important how to do it. If I'm a sales manager and my account executive is meeting with a C-level executive, maybe they're going to bring me along to the meeting. I want to have that account executive walk me through the research. Tell me something about the industry that's interesting, right? Did you research the company? Tell me about the organization. Have you mapped out the organization? What do we know about these people? Have we done business with them before? So, you know, uh, we just use the term ICP, but that's how kind of we think about research. And we really want the account executive to have kind of gone through um, the work in each one of these areas. And I'm going to just focus on industry um, just in the sake of time and, um, you know, a, a common framework is a pest analysis, which is political, economic, social, and technological. So, you know, take political. Are there any new regulations? Maybe tax policies are impacting the industry, right? Uh, economic. I mean, obviously, everyone's talking about interest rates and inflation. 
you know, how is that impacting the C-level executive's business or, you know, the industry as a whole? Um, socially, what's going on with consumer attitudes, as an example? Are, are there fundamental shifts in how people perceive the value of the product this company is selling or the industry as a whole? You know, technological, we just did a big project for a company the big idea was, hey, our clients are moving technology from on-premises to the cloud, right? That's obviously a huge trend. It's been going on for a while, and it's only accelerating. So those are kind of the things that when you go into a meeting, you really need to understand what's going on in the world of that key executive. Yeah, Dave, I'll just add, I know we're going to spend, you know, just in the interest of time, we only are covering industry, but I'll make a couple brief comments about the company, just in terms of getting company information, the research, there's a tremendous amount on their websites, in their press releases, if they're a public company, in their financial reports, their annual reports, their quarterly reports. And really what you're trying to look for at the company level is to map the organization, understand where everyone kind of fits in within the organization. And based on their press releases and their financial reports of their public, what are their priorities? And they'll often, if they miss their numbers, so I was looking at a couple of quarterly reports that just came out from companies in the tech space that missed, they would talk about issues like supply chain, they would talk about employment issues, they'd talk about rising costs. So the information is readily available, even from non-public companies, there's a lot of press releases, and between the industry research and the company research, you'll you'll gain a lot of uh, insights as to what their priorities might be. Uh, In terms of people, you'd want to use LinkedIn, or if you have LinkedIn Navigator, who are their connections? Do you have a mutual connection? Do you have a customer coach that can help you provide you with access? Where do they fit in organizationally? Who else might be involved in those decisions? What kind of groups do they uh, belong to? Are they a member of the, for in our industry, the Sales Enablement Society or ATD? If um, What kind of posts do they put out? You know, So you actually can take a look at what are they posting? That will give you a tremendous amount of insight. So by the time you've looked at the industry, the company, and the people, you're really going to get a much clearer picture as to what their priorities might be and how you can position those priorities. Yeah, Norman, I want to make one quick point. So in a prior life, a long time ago, I was a corporate lawyer, right? If you're selling to a public company and you're selling at the senior level, you have to read the annual report. It's right on the website and the 10K. I would in particular read the 10K and there's a section called Management Discussion and Analysis, MDNA. You'll find it right in the 10K. By law, right, management has to disclose in the MDNA section what is material, meaning what is important and strategic. So they're not doing you any favors. They have to do it by law. So at a minimum, you have to read that section. And that's going to tell you what's important to management because they have to disclose it. Absolutely. I think there's just a lot of information out there and just the tools today for accessing information are great. It's, the real challenge I find is that you know the, the companies that I work with, many salespeople are much more transactional than strategic in nature, and they just are not putting enough time into the research. And I think your example of your friend who worked for a major investment banking firm where they would do so much preparation, even in, I was training on a course yesterday in modern prospecting. And we think about modern prospecting this whole idea of creating insights and creating value, it's not just a quantity, it's really a quality. If there's not a level of personalization, if there really aren't priorities or insights that you're sharing, you're, you're simply not going to capture their attention. Yeah, and someone in the chat made a, a really interesting point about in virtual selling, 
you know, the virtual meetings, it's really not a question, but it's a really great point. Virtual meetings are easier to get, but, you know, uh, to add to that point, they are much easier to get. But if you, I think if you ask a hundred salespeople, all a hundred out of a hundred would say they'd much rather be there in person. I, I think that's right. I think the ability to read a room or have people not multitask, or at least, you know, the, the, the challenge with virtual, and we do a tremendous amount virtually. So we actually have a course on how to sell virtually, but um, the challenge is that people can get very distracted. They can get on their mobile phone. They can turn off their cameras in a physical room. You have some advantages, but either way, the strategies that we're sharing today would apply in both environments. Dave, in the interest of time, I know we have to want to make sure we have time for Q&A. Let's um, talk next about the, uh, the ramp method. Do you want to just take us through the next item? Yeah, so let's talk about access, which obviously is the big one. So assuming you've done the research, now the question is, what do you do with the research and how do you leverage that into access, right? So obviously, you know, a go-to strategy or tactic for getting access is using a referral. You know, we really talk, you know, we have a course called Selling with Key Executives. We spend a lot of time talking about how to cultivate um, a customer coach. That means someone, maybe they're mid-level, they're a champion of you, your company, your solution, and they're really helping you navigate your way up. Um, or this could be someone you've done business before and you use LinkedIn to get your to get a referral into that key executive. I think that you know a much more common way, because it's it's not so easy to get referrals, is to create a compelling reason to meet. And Norman, I know that you have some ideas here. Yeah, I want to really, I think the second and third bullet here, the compelling reason to meet is really based on providing insights. So I mentioned before the idea of personalization. So many people receive email sequences or even voicemail sequences that sound as if they, you know, maybe it's the fourth or fifth one that someone's done sequential. There's nothing really personalized there. You want to make sure that you tie to a priority, as you mentioned in the 10K, you can find priorities. If they're not public in the press releases, you find priorities. Even just letting them know that you've done the research and that that subject line and the beginning of your email or your talk track ties to a priority. You also want to be able to share. It's not a matter of making an immediate uh, sales opportunity to provide insights, to share case studies, to share research, key executives value research, anything where there's statistics involved, particularly if they tie to a priority. And remember here on the access strategy, the goal is really to create interest and get them to engage. So you want to provide insights and people always say, well, well, you know, these are senior executives. What insights? Well, you have case studies, you have customer success, you have the use of even video testimonials that you can share. People like to watch videos. There's a lot of ways to create insights. And I'll just come back to your point on the customer coach. The customer coach is also one of the best ways to research an organization. They're on the inside. They know what's what the discussions are, and they can help you understand what those compelling reasons and insights are. Yeah, uh, senior executives love reading research about their industry. So if you have new insights or research about their industry, they they love seeing that. I mean, that's their job is to be up to date what's going on in the industry. And the one okay. other thing I would add there is just uh, being able to share if you have, maybe not from a direct competitor, because I don't think you'd want to share something about work with a direct competitor, but a similar company where you've helped them solve a similar problem. Since you can cite success, they say, oh, you solved this problem for a company X. Maybe you can help my company solve the same challenge. Because many companies, we think about like security, many companies are facing the same challenges today. Yeah. And Joe has a quick comment about the effectiveness of voicemails. Yeah, Joe, in isolation, not effective. 
as part of an overall contact strategy that includes emailing and phone calling, they can be very effective. But just in isolation, no, they're not effective. Um, so let's quickly move on to how to conduct the meeting. And this is kind of our meet part of our ramp uh, method. And I want to I know we have a little bit of time left. I'd just be curious if we launch a quick poll. So now we, we got the meeting. I know we went very quickly through how to get access. And now the question is what happens in the meeting? And I'm just curious uh, if we launch this poll, what percentage of sales meetings do you think key executives believe are just a waste of their time? Hey, Dave, while well, we're getting the answer, I'm going to go back to um, at least getting answers from our participants to what they think. Um, I'm going to go back to Joe's question on the voicemail. I think we should only, as part of a sequence, our recommendation is to only leave one voicemail. And the voicemail should not be to get a return call. The voicemail should be really saying, you know, caught you at, you know, I realized I didn't catch you at a great time right now. I want to let you know that I'm going to be sending you some information. So you want to create some interest in the voicemail, but I agree, we don't want to leave multiple voicemails. And generally, it should just be to create familiarity and pave the way for something else that's going to come their way, either via email or maybe during from a LinkedIn connection so that they hear a voice and they know that something else is coming. I think that's really good advice. Um, I'm just curious, let's, uh, oh, here we go. Here's our publishing our poll results. Okay. Um, I think our audience is pretty savvy. I think the uh, research shows that somewhere between 60 and 80% of the time. And if I look at the 40 to 60, the 60 to 80 and the 80 plus, that probably represents, you know, 70% or roughly 70% of the audience. So yeah, I think that the, what we don't want to do is fall into that category of that meeting was a waste of time. So how we show up, the research we've done makes a huge amount of difference. And we want to make sure we're in that 20 to 40% that are actually creating value for the, uh, for the, uh, yeah, I mean, I think what's interesting about the results is that most people think that senior executives have a pretty low opinion of the salespeople they're talking to. So Norman, why don't you quickly walk us through how we can make those numbers a little bit better if, we're, if we have a meeting? So this gets to the point of call planning. So is there an objective? It's amazing. You know, when we talk to salespeople, we go out on calls, how many don't have a clear objective? They kind of see it as, so I, can, I remember a COO from a publicly traded company in uh, Canada, and he referred to it as a social visit. You definitely don't want to have a social visit with a, uh, a key executive. You want to have a clear meeting objective in mind and make sure that's actually something that's attainable. And so when you think about that meeting objective, what action do you want the key executive to have? So if this meeting is a success, the key executive will take the following action. Again, you want to make sure that it's something that's reasonable. So your action should tie to your objective. And then you should be able to measure it. So you should have some kind of metric. It should be very clear. It shouldn't be fuzzy when you leave. So if you're fuzzy when you come in, you're probably going to be fuzzy when you leave the meeting. If right. you're clear, what's the objective? What do you want from the key executive? And how will you know if it's successful? It's going to be very clear. And I think actually, if you're having those objectives written down, kind of keeps the meeting on track because meetings have a tendency to kind of go a little bit off track. Questions come up. You want to obviously re be responsive. You also want to be very cognizant of the time. Make sure you know exactly how much time you have and be able in a very professional way to circle back to the objective that you've set out for the meeting, unless it's clear that there's another objective that's now more important. So you also want to be able to read the room, maybe something, maybe what you thought was super important was the most important thing. When you showed up, you learned something else. Um, in the interest of time, just going to move on in terms of, this is another very important slide, just kind of differentiates very high level 
between a salesperson and a strategic advisor and the type of questions they ask during a meeting. So salespeople don't often do enough research. So they ask questions that they probably could have figured out the answers to by just doing some research. They're kind of coming across almost interrogating the customer. They're focused on discovery and they're using that discovery to inform a proposal. And what we want to do as a strategic advisor is really look at a different set of questions. And so the strategic advisor basically is demonstrating a level of expertise based on the research they've done. They want to have a conversation. It's not an interrogation. They want to learn. They want to use active listening skills. They want to make sure they're not dominating and going into a word I really don't like for sales into pitch mode. When someone's pitching, means they're probably not listening. And they want to engage. They want to ask thought-provoking questions related to key priorities that the key executives have. Yeah. And let's in the interest of time, move on to propose, which is, you know, you're, you only have a limited amount of time. You have to do take some action because you're not going to get a second meeting or it's very challenging. So when we think about the actual value presentation element of a meeting, you know, really start with outcomes and you know, again, you're going to see this idea uh, mentioned a few times here, tie them back to things that were specifically articulated by that senior executive. So this isn't about you pitching. This is about you repeating back certain key things that they told you, right? And it's really important that you connect your solution to those specific concerns or issues or strategic initiatives. And the more real-world examples or data that you can cite, the better, the more credibility that you're going to have. Um, when we talk about the value of your solution, solution, be very careful not to use your jargon, right? You have to express things in terms and terminology that that senior person is using. Otherwise, they're not going to pay attention or they're not going to understand what you're saying. And always articulate clear, immediate next steps. We finish the meeting, we want to thank the key executive. Very important. Summarize the highlights. What are the specific next steps? If we are delegated to someone lower in the organization, make sure that we have a plan to get back to the key executive. And we want to provide additional value along the way. That could be as a follow-up to our meeting, I want to share with you this case study. Make sure that what you're sending, that you actually clearly tie it. As Dave was saying, during the meeting, you want to tie it to the priorities. After the meeting, you want to provide value. And the only way to provide value is if it ties to the priorities. Yeah, I want to make a quick point, Norm, to add to something you mentioned, which is when you're in a meeting with a very senior executive, there is a very high probability that you're going to get handed off to a lower level person, right? That that really should be your expectation. So when you're coming into that meeting, you should be prepared for kind of a handoff. And one way is to say, okay, yeah, I'll work with Norman on some of the technical specifications, but then I'd like to circle back with you, Mrs. CEO, to kind of talk about what Norman and I talked about. So always have a next step that you're able to circle back with the key executive. Otherwise, once you're handed off to the low, lower level person, it will be very, very difficult to get back, you know, to move back up. Right. I think the term I often use for that is we'd love to come come back and share. I'm going to work with David on this and we'd love to come back and share our recommendations. Just set up a brief meeting to share our recommendations and book that as quickly as possible. So this also puts me and the person I'm working with on the spot to complete the work because we have another meeting book to share our recommendations. Okay. And that's what really this the a higher level person is looking for is what are your recommendations? Right. All right. So 
We do have an upcoming workshop. If you're interested in this program, we have a public workshop coming on this. We also run this program privately for uh, large groups. That would be a group of any, you know, 10 or more. It's a great program. Won't say more about it other than you can find more information on our website. Want to briefly highlight a couple of key takeaways. Selling to key executives allows you to increase your win rates and close deal faster. Using the ramp message, um, method of uh, research, access, meeting, and proposing is a great framework to follow. You get access to different strategies, referrals, insights, compelling reasons to meet. Really, the goal here is to engage and create interest. Make sure you're preparing for the meeting so that when you come with a meeting, you're coming with questions that a strategic advisor asks, not a salesperson, and you're tying to priorities. And that gets to the last point. Make sure that whatever you're proposing ties to key initiatives the key executive cares about. So those are a couple of key takeaways. We'll put up a little bit of information on you know where you can learn more about us. Feel free to engage. And I think with that, we should turn it back to Mike. I think we have a little bit of time, Mike, for some Q&A. Yeah. Yes, we do. We have a couple of questions. Uh, the first is, do you have suggestions on helping someone see that they are acting at the transactional rep level and not at the advisor level? Absolutely. I think that if they're maybe ask that person what questions they're currently asking, because based on the types of questions, remember that slide where we had two different types of questions. If they're asking just a tremendous amount of discovery questions, they're probably more transaction focused. Asking them if they've mapped the organization and who they're working with. Ask them what they're thinking in terms of business outcomes. If they can articulate business outcomes, they're probably a little bit more strategic. So we want to make sure that we're, you know, as managers, really preparing salespeople because ultimately salespeople are interested in closing business. And if we could just write orders all day, that would be a wonderful world. But it's it's many of the solutions we're selling are more complex. They do require C-level access. So I think those would be a couple ideas, Mike, on, on that topic. Great. Thank you. A uh, couple more questions. Um, what's most compelling to key executives? Um, well, that's a pretty open-ended question, but I think, you know, like we talked about before, I, I would just say at a high level, how will your solution impact my business, right? And it's really the mindset shift between um, the technical user, you know, may, things are maybe a little bit faster, this feature is a little bit better, this has been upgraded to great, that's all fine, big picture, how is your solution going to make my business more profitable, my employees happier, my other stakeholders, you know, happier, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a bigger picture, um, the general impact of your solution on my business. And I would add to David's point, I think that's exactly right. And what I would add to that is there may be many ways you can help a senior executive uh, in their business and actually show pretty compelling ROIs. To the extent you can focus on one of the priorities you've actually articulated, they probably have multiple, multiple priorities, but that doesn't mean they're working on all of them concurrently. To the extent you've actually identified one from their 10K or from their press release, they're probably much more interested in something that's uh, has that directly ties to something they're concerned about now. Great. Thank you. And we have uh, time for one more question. Um, do you have any suggestions when a key executive delegates responsibility to a low-level person? That was, uh, I, yeah, let me just expand on what we said before. So let's say they delegate responsibility, say, great, you know, I'm happy to work with that person. You don't really have a choice. 
But what he can say is, I'm going to work with, you know, as David said, <clears throat> you know, Mike, I'm going to work with David on that. I really appreciate the opportunity to meet with you and to, to learn more about your organization. Dave and I are going to work with that. What I'd love to do is maybe get back on your calendar and just maybe get 15 minutes so we can share our recommendations. I think we should be able to probably get that done in the next couple of weeks. Can we book a meeting, even a call in maybe two weeks where we can just share our recommendations back with you? So I love to use that term of recommendations. This way, the, the senior executives knows they're not going to get called into a detailed meeting. And also, you're going to come into that meeting with a point of view, not just to make another uh, presentation. The market is changing, making sales skills more important than ever before. How to transform your team into big performers? If you want the answer, plus free resources for podcast listeners, visit salesreadinessgroup.com slash podcast. <laughs>